Germany. Germany. <laughs> Germany that was blamed for both world wars. The only world wars we've ever had. Germany was it essentially blamed for both of them or Germany. When you say the word Holocaust, it's Germany. But Germany has a better, like, they're better than America. I'm Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. If you don't like bad words, maybe say listen to me. <laughs> so, not to get ahead of ourselves here and mess with the show of the flow, the flow of the show, Whee. but I want to run a, a headline by you. This is from NBC News. Um, last week, April sixth. Tennessee GOP expels two black Democratic lawmakers for anti-gun violence protests. A white legislator survived her vote. Yes, I, I did read about this. There, well, there's a couple of things. I don't think this changes at all the fact that it was a horribly racist motivated move Jesus. on their part. I mean, it's a however, horribly, however, about it is horrible, but yeah, but, well, like. no, but, but, but to make sure that you've got some context, uh, first of all, the white woman right before the vote issued a public apology and she, she only kept her seat by one vote. So it's not like they just said, Oh, we're just going to give her a pass. Wait, what was this public apology? She made a public apology on the floor of the of the legislature to apologize for her behavior, yeah. and then they took the vote. And so uh, she she scaped by she scathed by by one vote. So it's not like it was just this slam dunk. Let's take care of the the black ones and let's let the white one off the hook. Because yeah. most most of them did vote for her as well. Yeah. However, it does not change the optics of. Uh, in Tennessee, uh, you know. Now, well, yeah. let's. I mean, let's be clear. Like, That's all the I can reason say about I, it. The reason that, that I'm attracted to this story is not as much for the racism. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's for the idea that these the, the GOP in Tennessee wanted to kick out these three people that got with their constituents and made a bit of a fuss on the on the floor of the Capitol because they're tired of their children being shot to death in schools and other public places, which I think is a pretty reasonable thing at this point to protest about or to get upset about. But not in Tennessee, because don't come for our fucking guns because we're too backwards and toothless and stupid and hateful to see the fucking light. I just, God damn it, you know... Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's a it, the gun thing. The gun thing is, and you know, you've we did for pretty much my entire writing life. I'm sure yours too. This has been an issue that we've confronted. Uh, one of the things I remember that I, writing I, about it in college when yeah, Columbine oh, happened. Oh God, yeah, and yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, you know. The thing, the thing that I think there are a couple of things that I think are interesting. I wrote, the, I wrote this one of my I believes from I think two weeks ago or maybe it's this last week. I can't remember. 
I believe that the twin consumer responses to John Wick Chapter 4 and the Hogwarts Legacy video game seems to indicate that the plurality of Americans love guns and shrivel figs. We love our guns, dude. There are 400 million guns in a country with 330 million people. There are so many guns. And here's the thing that drives me insane about this conversation. What are the big, what, what, those of us that would like to see some common sense laws, what are we really motivated? We want to get, we want to get rid of assault weapons. And the thing about it is if you were to eliminate, literally eliminate the existence of assault weapons, you would put a minor dent in the gun deaths in this country because the overwhelming majority of gun deaths in this country are handguns. Right. But I don't think that's the issue. That's not my issue. If somebody wants to okay. use a handgun and kill themselves, that's great. Do your thing. Live your truth. Die your truth. Whatever the fuck. The issue with the assault weapons and the, the mass shootings. But there's, I, not, I, there's nothing mass about the mass shootings. There's well, nothing no, mass about them. anybody, if there's like more than three victims, there's it's four. technically It's four. more than four Fine. victims, but that, but Fine. that it, again, it's hyperbolic language. That is not a mass of anything. And in the overall thing, yes, it's horrifying and it's very shocking. But that's the issue. But if that's the but concern, you, is that like people with handguns doing their own okay. thing in their own home? Even if you look at the south side, the west side of Chicago, like the gun violence in Chicago, for the most part, and there are a lot of innocent people and innocent children that get caught in the crossfire. But for the most part, that shit stays localized. I'm not saying it's okay. I do think that we need to improve <laughs> upon it. I'm all for Brandon Johnson. Like what is causing? Cr- I'm, I, you know, I'm all for that. It's the idea that in an instant, just some whack-off, pissed-off person can walk into any place and without any reservation or without any kind of, uh, um, what's the word, Uh, prejudice, just anybody, anybody could go. Anybody can get killed. You know, and accidents happen, people die all the time. There's car accidents, there's plane crashes, there's train crashes, all this shit. But the difference is, with all of that stuff, we have learned and we have put safety measures in place. We have seatbelts in cars, the cars crumple differently now. You know, there's airbags, we have speed limits, we have median divide, all these things. Fucking speed bumps, for God's sake, you know, all this shit. if but cars we were actually designed to, to kill things, a, I would imagine that would be a different story. If the purpose of a car was so that you could run people over, I'm pretty sure we wouldn't have all these safety measures. And that that's a fair point. But, like, why are we okay with these things designed to destroy the human body as quickly and as efficiently and grotesquely as possible just walk around like why don't we just then let's make bazookas legal like why aren't bazookas and hand grenades legal again i i I will go back to that because i agree with you i agree with you um and i think i mean i think assault weapons are stupid uh but if you look at most most i mean i mean the vast majority of assault weapon purchases and ownership it's really more i want to feel like rambo it's not i want to go kill a bunch of kids in a school i know That is a really, really rare thing. But if you want to look at the plurality of gun violence in this country... I don't. I don't want to look at that. That's not what this is about. 
this See, is, that this is, is what about, it's about. That's what it's about to me. But this that's is what it's about to me. Rifles. If we're going to talk, no, if we're going to talk about guns, if we're going to talk, because there are not 400 million assault rifles in the country. No. There are maybe 10 million assault rifles in the country. And that means that there are 390 million handguns. The damage handguns do is vastly larger than every mass shooting in America. But I mean, it does a different kind of, it's, it's terror. You know, the mass shooting that it could happen at any moment. Like, keep, keep the handguns legal. I'm fine with that. All, you know, for hunting, for self-defense. I mean, I, okay, fine. But like, give some asshole a handgun, a, any weapon that is not an assault rifle, and have them walk into a school and let's see how quickly they can, how many people they can hurt and kill with just a handgun. Maybe Are one. Are you crazy? Maybe two. No. Here's the thing. If they walk in with an assault rifle, everybody can see the assault rifle. If they walk in with three pistols, you're not going to see them until it's right, until it's absolutely too late, which is why they're used in crime so often, because you can walk right up to a car that you want a carjack. And if you walk, if you, if you're across the street and you're walking to a car and you, you're carrying an AR-15, they're fucking gunning that fucking thing, get yeah. the fuck out of there. But if you just walk up, they don't know until the gun is pulled out. So if the bottom line is, if the whole point of a mass shooting is I want to go into a school or a theater or whatever, a church, <laughs> and I want to inflict the most death, you're going to use three handguns rather than an AR-15. The AR-15 is a statement by itself. An automatic like rifle is the statement and the statement is, look at me, and I'm, I'm scary. It's really this posturing. If what your goal is is to kill the most amount of people, if you have three 9-millimeter handguns, ostensibly, and I don't know what, I mean, I don't know how many fucking bullets go in those handguns, but you're going to get more shots off close range and kill more people with handguns than you are a fucking automatic weapon because most I people can't aim an automatic weapon very well. Most people that, especially these mass shooters, it's not like they're professional shooters and they know how they're doing it. You don't it. need to, though. You just point and spray. It's really easy. I've shot handguns and AR-15s, yeah. and it's yeah. really easy to blow shit up without having to So aim. maybe it's just, they're just lazy killers they, is what you're sure, saying. Sure, yeah. See, I think, I, will, I, look, I think that like if we're going to solve the gun violence problem, whether it's my concern over the mass shootings or your concern over the handguns and yeah. the suicide rate and everything, I, I think suicide's a different thing. Right, like. Well, I think that's part of the problem. If, sure. If, if you want to know, yeah. But what I think the biggest problem that we have right now is, and I, and it's it, it, it's it's an ideological. It's sort of like a, it, it's a bent that we've got in this country right now is that people with mental illness cost a lot of money to treat, and so what we do is we say if you're mentally ill and you're homeless, it's because you're lazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we say that if you are mentally ill and you are, are prone to suicide, we say, you know, we don't, we don't blame the guns on the suicide, but right. we don't say, oh, these people are mentally ill. We don't talk about, we say they made a bad choice. Yeah. No, if they're mentally ill, it's not really a choice. And what we say about these mass shooters, who many of them are mentally ill, yeah. um, leading up to that, um, 
what we say is we don't want to treat the mental illness. We just want you to be better. We want you to be better, which is the most Judeo-Christian fucking bunch of nonsense I ever heard in my life. Atone for your sins and suck it up because you know what? Your mental illness isn't really a mental If we want to take mental illness seriously in this country, then a lot of problems would get solved. So, And that would be everything from distinguishing anxiety from actual mental illness. Right. It would it would it would separate uh, mental illness that requires drugs rather than all mental illness requires drugs, right? Because some don't. Um, it's a lot of pseudoscience, and and I think that's the biggest problem. Because first, I don't think we're ever going to get rid of four hundred million guns. We're never going to do it. Not without a civil war the size of fucking whatever. What? It's never going to happen. However. If we can deal with the mental illness a little bit, a little bit more proactively, um, and then make the laws not so that we're banning handguns or we're banning guns, we're not banning any guns. What we're saying is, if you are certifiably mentally ill, if you are a felon, you can't buy a gun. Now, the second problem, and then I'll stop talking. The second problem is not the legally owned guns in this country. It is the illegally owned guns. If you look at the numbers of those 400 million guns, well over half of them are illegally owned guns. Mm -hmm. And all the laws in the world aren't going to change illegally owned guns. It is the presence of guns and our inability to deal with people that have them. That's why I like Brandon Johnson's solution. I like all his solutions. But I like the idea that we're going to reallocate some funds. I love the argument that he made because it wasn't the police are bad. Yeah. Which is just so fucking black and white and useless. It is the police are overwhelmed and they need help. Which is a great message and it's why I think he won the election is that is that's good persuasive messaging it's saying that too many people but on that's the street also, that's also his runoff messaging because for a long time well, he right. was that's you know right. yeah, that's on the police. but, but, but so good. Anyway. i mean good you change yeah. your position yeah good for him it was just good message he went from three percent to winning the election yeah. in a very short period of time and i think a lot of it had to do with his Sure, his, his yeah. turnaround on certain issues, but he was very nuanced about that, and that was a very effective yeah. message. Keep going. Tell, tell well, me more. I, I think that you, there's, there's so much at play. There's a mental illness. There's the illegal guns. There's the poverty and gangs, and there's uh, the, 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 the assault rifles. So many things we have to deal with, and I feel like we're barely, if at all, dealing with any of them. And so I wonder who's, who's responsible for this inaction? I feel like these Tennessee legislators that are pissed because uh, you know, they said they were mad because of the, the behavior on the Capitol floor. Fuck off. That wasn't it. That that's it was because the no, three they're, Democrats because they're from, came Well, those came three for the Democrats guns. are for well, no, no, it, well it's for, not for even that reform. they came for the guns. It's those three Democrats represent the urban centers, the, some of the well, urban sure. centers of Tennessee, which there are not as many. And it's no different than the downstate Illinois uh, right. Republicans that hate the Chicago. Yeah. They're terrified of the urbans. Why? Because the urban centers are the ones that vote Democrat. And they don't want, and we want common sense gun laws or gun reform or whatever. 
and they don't because don't take our gun. Like it's such a, it, they make it such a black and white thing. But I, if you look at the numbers and the science that you brought up, you know, like <clears throat> the leading cause of death of children is gun violence, whether it's assault rifle or handgun, whatever. That's the leading cause of death among children in America today. <laughs> that's fucked up. Yeah. Because it's not cancer, which we've been fighting and trying to, you know, improve treatments on and prevent, et cetera, et cetera. It's not heart disease or obesity, which we put efforts into curbing those. It's not a health. I mean, it is a health issue, but you, you see the difference, though. Yeah, I totally so see the difference. I wonder, like, you know, are these elected officials who refuse to do anything within their power and not all solutions come from government? I get that. I'm not I'm not an idiot. Um. But some solutions do. You know, the seatbelt law, that saved a lot of lives. That was a government solution. Uh, the FDA Wait, exists for a good reason. So my question can is, I, can I, who can we yeah. hold responsible? And can we sue I think it's certain elected officials for, for uh, engaging in child endangerment? Yeah, and I, and I would argue because that... Because of their uh, inaction. And I would argue that we should sue uh, the, uh, the Democrats that got ousted from the floor. Okay. Do you want to know why? I, I do. Yeah, I really, really do. I don't actually think they should be sued, but I think here's the thing. <laughs> Way to walk that one well, back. I mean, well, I mean, I, I mean, it's just my point. The thing about it is, I think there is. I, I, here's here it is. Here it is. If you are in the right, and all you can do is scream and flail around, you have no argument. Right. Yeah. The reason seatbelts change. Nobody that wanted seatbelts got on the floor of the house and threw a fucking tantrum. Yeah, okay. They had conversations yeah. and they made good faith arguments. You said something that I thought was funny is, we're going for reasonable gun control laws. Well, I think you're right. But when you're screaming, our children are dying, there's nothing about that that looks or sounds like you're coming up with a reasonable solution. It sounds like you're freaking out. And well, I am freaking out, man. Well, this is what I would say. If we're looking for responsible, I just wrote a piece uh, not uh, just a couple of days ago. It was, I think it posted Saturday. Um, that basically, I've been thinking a lot about resistance. And, uh, and I, it, 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 I, I just have to, I'm just going to, it's one of the things that, that I think is fascinating about the zoomer boomer thing and the zoomer boomer thing is is i said there's an awful lot of pissing and moaning by the gen z about the boomers and just as much from the boomers about the zoomers the simple answer to the huge difference in approaches is that the eldest in our collective have had a lifetime to become who they are and believe in what they choose they are not entirely set but mostly so they are the rock in the water defiantly resisting the rush of news, culture wars, and unrelenting bullshit for, that pass, passes for what we're supposed to give a fuck about. Like the stone, the water does chip away and erode the outer layers, but the core is solid. Zoomers are not formed yet. The water carries them from place to place, tossing them around like the aforementioned leaf on the river. They haven't lived enough life to figure out who they are yet, so of course these two generations don't see eye to eye on almost anything. And true resistance, in my opinion, 
is not histrionics. True resistance is not meeting the rage of the whitewater with more rage. True resistance is standing your ground, refusing to, that there's the difference between what I think is civil disobedience and civil unrest. What we saw in 2020, the summer of 2020, mm-hmm. was people that don't know how to be civilly disobedient, but they sure know how to do a riot. And what everybody on the other side of things saw was a bunch of children screaming and throwing shit at cops and getting gassed and all hell breaking loose. And it's basically saying, we're going to meet this raging whitewater water. <laughs> we're going to meet it with as much fury as we can. And that's not what resistance looks like. So a more effective way for the Democrats to deal with this is to toe the line, refuse to play along and have, and because the thing about it is not all the Tennessee Republicans are fucking monsters. I'm sure there's a fair share of them, but there are enough of them that if you sat down calmly and am I tone policing? You're goddamn right I am. <laughs> fucking police your fucking tone, no, it's, folks. It's true. You're I mean, elected spend... officials. You don't get to throw tantrums. That's you true. And I did, I did find them protesting on the floor. I, when, when I first heard that there were these, these three lawmakers that were protesting or joined the protesters, I thought like out in the streets, like marching with them. That was my first thought. And I'm like, yeah, cool. Right on. What? You know, be with your constituency. Great. Good. Then when I, you know, like read more or, and it was like in the Capitol, I was like, oh, that's, well, that, that seems a little weird. Uh, okay. I still don't think they should have been kicked out. No. You know, I don't think they should have been kicked but, out. Yeah, I mean, they didn't kick point, out people like, that were assaulting women and children. They didn't kick them out of the Tennessee legislature, but they kicked them out for bad decorum exactly. on the floor. It's a bunch because, of shit is what because it is. Because it's a bunch of shit. Because assaulting women and children is fine, but don't come for our guns. That's what it yeah. comes down to. I, see, I, I actually don't even... Th- I think that's part of it. I really do think you're right that it's part of it. I actually don't think that's the biggest part <laughs> All of right, it. Wait, hang on. Let's pause for a big down hall moment. I think you're right, but I'm going to disagree and pick a well, fight no, anyway. I <laughs> No, I think I think you're right that a lot of it has to do with guns, but I don't actually think that was the primary motivator for them saying let's kick these guys out. Oh, come I think, on! No, I think it was. This is the thing. Tell me what the difference between you. You followed the Stanford uh, student lost law students that shouted down the 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 Republican judge that was invited to speak. Yeah. I heard about it and follow it. Yeah. Okay. Basically, they would not let him speak. They're screaming at him the whole time. They're interrupting everything. They refuse to let him speak. You know what the difference between those kids and Democrats that go on the floor of the Congress and scream and yell to 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 to, to protest a, a law they don't like? You know the difference? Uh, d- graduate d- degree, a diploma. No, the fecal, the people in Congress get paid to be there. Yeah. That's the only fucking difference. And so if what you've signaled, and and again, I think it's an extreme reaction, and I think the optics are fucked. I think there has a lot to do with the gun laws. I think there has a lot to do, but I think it's mostly that they don't, they don't, they don't, they don't want what they saw in the streets in Seattle, in Stanford law, whatever. They don't want that in the House. They think that is unbecoming. And I think you've got enough older senators or older legislatures that are like, 
don't you fucking scream me down. I'll kick you out. I think it has as much to do with decorum as it actually has to do with guns and skin color. Yeah, I think I think that that argument, which makes sense, I get it. But if that's if you know they they were likening the 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 three Democratic uh, legislators, you know, and their behavior on the floor to the January sixth insurrection in in DC. Not at all the same thing. Not even fucking it's close. Just, it's just loud. That's about it. No, it's, the, the, the January sixth insurrection. They were beating cops up and smashing windows. Four, Nobody four did that died. in the Tennessee there House. Were, how many injuries? There was. Yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up. I think that they saw that as an opportunity to be like, look, they they're insurrectionists. Look at the. It's it is. That's what I'm saying. It That's is, why it I think it's as much about that as is about the guns. Yeah, but it's it, it comes down to this like really childish, selfish way of of looking at things, and I just can't wrap my head around why we can't have serious discussion. Fuck it, let's just call it the seatbelt discussion around guns. And when I say this, I'm also including mental health and like yeah. why can't we work? To make our country, fuck. What was I? What was I looking at uh, just today? Um. Oh no, it was it was in an episode of John Oliver uh, talking about the the Fr- the 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 protests in France over the the retirement age or whatever that is. And John Oliver he brings up like you know, in France it's this age, in Germany it's this age, in. Sweden, it's this age, whatever. It's America in America. It's and he shows a picture of a really fucking old guy as a Walmart greeter. He says it's no, that's the age of retirement. No, and I laughed at that because my thought is like, in the in the last eighty whatever it's been since the end of World War Two, forty five. What is that? Almost eighty years, right? Yeah, seventy, almost eighty years. Oh, seventy eight. No, it's almost well forty five. So that's going to be fifty five plus twenty three. Almost, almost eighty years. I just counted that out in my on my fingers. I'm not good at math. I know, at and all. I watched you do it. It was almost fun. eighty years. I gave you the numbers, and you had to count it out on your fingers. So in almost eighty years, Germany, Germany, <laughs> Germany, that was blamed for both world wars, the only world wars we've ever had. Germany was it essentially blamed for both of them, or? Germany, when you say the word Holocaust, it's Germany, but Germany has a better, like they're better than America. They're better. Of course they are. So many more. So in in just less than 80 years, less than 70 years, you know, Germany, Germany has gone up. America has gone down and it's just, Mm -hmm. it's infuriating to me. And I can't understand why we as Americans our leaders, ourselves here in our discourse, whatever, can't fix and figure out our shit. Other than we've just, we have been, and this is the fault of the greatest generation and, and, and the baby boomers uh, for just like, we've been too busy over these last 70 years uh, swallowing our own jizz, sniffing our own farts and Pitching it as roses, we're, we're just too high on our own on our own fucking supply of bullshit. 
Well, and I think you're right. It's infuriating to me. I think you're right, but I also think it has Germany. something to do with. Well, I think it has a lot to do with uh, sort of a global class and finance because if you go to if bottom line is you go to a, a just go to just go to Evanston, go to a suburb, you know, suburban street, right? <laughs> and you go to that you got a suburban street, and everybody's got their very nice house. Suburban Street Avenue. That's the- yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and and you have those people, and their children come out, and their children are very good at school because they have good schools. But if you put, I mean, <laughs> I was always really good at school. Yeah, because they got good fucking schools and teachers that are painted. But ask them to survive on the street or actually work labor like do a real job and they can't do it because they've had so much for so long they don't know how to accept anything less you go to uh you know go to pilsen go to uh i'm I'm trying to think just any place that's sort of like beverly you know what i mean you go to the south side you go to us and there's this working class ethic they don't have a lot but they know how to get shit done yeah germany germany is poor i mean not abjectly poor but poor but that's because they work hard america we're the fat rich babies from wally we have way too much shit we have way too much time on our hands we're the only country that is like i don't know if we should ban tiktok we're the only fucking country doing that everybody else is like get the fuck get rid of it because it's just it is leisure. We we are the most leisurely country, and it's because we have so much. Even our homeless have more we than like- people in Indonesia that don't have any money. Even our homeless. My ex-wife could find plenty food just in the trash. Yeah, and she did. What, is that, what does that say about our country? I think we had... America is the, the uh, small-town high school football quarterback who won state and rode that his entire senior year and, and his then dad's thought rich. that he could keep riding that into college and beyond but the we thing had, is America his dad's a, rich so he years. does get to he well, does get to thing. ride that but that now his dad is dead and he's run out okay. of money because america had about 15 years post-world war ii uh, of yep. like of serious boom serious boom and ec- I mean, we were building shit and making shit, and it was all here, and it was local. And Buy America was really fucking easy. And then we got comfortable. Greedy. And then we got greedy. greedy. And this whole, like, we need to make America, you know, buy American and stop giving our jobs to China and, and, and Mexico. Well, like, well, but you, you did, we did that for a reason. And we can't come back from that now. Because... Our entire industry is made up of that. The only way this country ever gets to come back from it is when China takes over the world. And we're at the fucking shit bottom. And once once we're at the bottom, we'll have to work. And a lot of people will piss and yeah. bone. And a lot will probably tear each other apart. But there will be some people... And they're probably coming from Beverly who actually mm-hmm. know how to work and will actually rise up and make America that's when that's when America will be made great again when people actually realize that the thing about it is there there's a there's a thing I've thought a lot about in the last year is that the seeking of positive feelings uh 
yeah. almost always ends as a negative. But the seeking of negative feelings is always a net positive. And, you know, I mean, cool. well, for, an exa- for example, yeah, I'm, seeking pl- I'm seeking plus. I want to feel good, so I'm going to eat a Twinkie and some ice cream. Oh, and yeah. It tastes- and it gives me pleasure. But guess what? Now I'm a fat motherfucker and my yep. heart explodes. On the other hand, if I seek the negative of this is a pain in the ass to run and this mm-hmm. sucks. Mm-hmm. I feel like shit because I just worked out so hard. I'm exhausted. That has positive results right? At, in the, in the yeah. long run. And, and I think we have been so enamored of the very easy positive choices that uh, we're, as a country, we're not able to even envision what those negative what the negative choices we could make that would result in positive benefit to us all we, I, we just don't have it I that's, mean that's really funny because I I, I I think it dawned on me well I know fuck it it did it dawned on me why uh, adults are so miserable <laughs> it's it's I don't think it's as much oh we have to go to work. We have responsibility. Like, that's a part of it, sure. But I think what it really is is that there is no one, for the most part, to tell us no. If I want to eat candy for breakfast, I'm eating candy it. for breakfast. You're an adult. So, like, with, with Harry, like, with the, with the boys, I mean, it's not happening to Jake yet because he's only eight months. But, like, with Harry, you know, he's like, Daddy, I want, fuck it, candy for breakfast. And I will say to him, you can't have candy for breakfast. You need to have something. Let's make some eggs. You can have some honeycomb cereal, which is, you know, close to that's candy, candy for breakfast. That's candy for breakfast, yeah. But they, at least that's, they still, like, pump shitloads of vitamins into that sugary cereal. Sure. But, like, Harry has to... You know, ask permission for dessert. Ask permission to do the things he wants to do. And then when he gets them, there are still governors on those things. Because, okay, yeah, let's go to the park and let's do this. But, all right, it's time to go because it's nap time or it's lunch time or whatever the reason is. You know? All you, all you have me, is the passive-aggressive Stacy to yeah. say snarky shit about your behavior for you to... And then you get mad and say, fuck it, I'm going to do it anyway. Yep. Why? Because I'm a grown man. I'm a grown up and I can do what the fuck I want. And if I want to put my penis in this knot hole, I will. I don't know. I just yeah, think it's something well, no, that but you it's would like, do. It's, if I want to <laughs> stay, stay up way too late and eat too much bullshit and drink too much beer and whiskey, I can do that. And I feel like shit about it. Because I feel like crap in the morning. I feel mm-hmm. I feel fat. I feel gross. I feel lethargic. My brain. But if I go for the positive thing, which is harder to do, like get up at four in the morning or five in the morning, yeah, and or the negative, a, yeah, and do the a thing twenty minute workout and put it's myself hard. through the shit, and then hold off on eating candy until the end of the day when I have earned earned it, you know. <laughs> which and it's hard to do. Like I've gotten to the point where I'm like. You know, like sometimes it's like, like, w- like with with weed, right? Like, at the end of a hard day, when everything's done, hit a little weed, zone out, 
and just you know, or or drink a glass of whiskey, whatever whatever that's, it is. That's right? how I am with the right. That's how yeah, I am with the right whiskey. Like, whiskey just whatever. and then maybe and then maybe another one, and then maybe a third, and then by that time I don't well, remember what television I watched. But sometimes I wake up I the morning do, and go, did I watch that show? Because I was drunk as shit. Sometimes what I do is I skip ahead. And I, like, during bedtime, when I'm like, I'm fucking tired, I just want to relax, so you know what I'm going to do? Is I'm going to have a glass of, of scotch <laughs> at dinner time, so I've got yeah. that little bit of, that little bitty buzz that I want during bedtime and all that other shit, and then, and then at the end, when everything's done, when my day is done, my work is done, my kids are in bed, it's time to relax and enjoy the fruits of my labor, eh, I've already had one. You know, like, it's not as exciting... Yeah. You didn't earn it. Yeah, I didn't earn it. So that's the problem with America is we're just, I mean, you, you know, we've said this a thousand times. We are Wally. We get whatever the fuck we want, whenever the fuck we want, however much the fuck we want it. How do we actually get to enjoy things? What is the carrot for us? We have no carrot anymore. Yeah. And if we did have a carrot, as my mom was telling me, we were talking we about. We would dip uh, it in chocolate and cinnamon. The thing about it is she was like, you know what you do when you have cheese? If you're just like, you can't help yourself <laughs> to eat a great big because my mom's the same as I am. Uh, and she said, just have some carrots. I said, here's the problem, Mom. If I had a fucking bushel of carrots and a great big hunk of delicious cheese, I would tell myself, no, I'm going to have three fucking carrots. And I would eat those three carrots begrudgingly. And then after eating the three carrots, I'd eat the fucking cheese anyway. Just to get to the whole cheese. Because it's even like the a little cheese. Bit of cheese a reasonable no, the whole cheese, goddamn of yeah. brick of cheese. All of it. Fuck yeah. you. I had three carrots. So I'm eating all the cheese. (laughs) So many times I've said to myself, you know, late at night, David, when you're stoned and you want to like, you know, you get the munchies, you just want to snack on shit. Don't eat seven bowls of Fruit Loops. No. Don't eat a bunch of candy. David, get some fucking celery and peanut butter. I love celery and peanut butter. Maybe some raisins. Carrots and hummus. That's racist? Is that what you said? No, raisins. Raisins. Yeah, it's like, ants oh on a log. <laughs> yeah, ants on a log, man. Or like, or or you know, yeah, racist. Nutella. That's racist. You with your peanut butter. Yeah, George Washington Carver, whatever. Right, <laughs> <laughs> um, but or like get Nutella, you know, and spread that because it's like it's sweet, but it's not as bad as seven bowls of fucking Fruit Loops. So like, tr- but ultimately, like, I'll do it. I'll go to the, we'll go to the grocery store. I'll get the celery, and I'll have like two things of celery, and be like, nope, fuck it. Now it's going to be nine bowls of Fruit Loops. Nine bowls. Exactly. It's exactly what we do. Because it, it doesn't just give me the same Because kind we're of adults, but we haven't grown up. It's dopamine. It's because yeah. I don't feel better. I guarantee you, if I just stuck yeah. to the celery and peanut butter or the, uh, you know, Nutella whatever. and toast, whatever. Yeah. Shit. Versus the shit, I would wake up in the morning. You and feel I'd better. Go, you know what? I feel great. And I enjoyed that perfectly fine. I, I filled my tummy. I got yeah. to the munchies, but no, I'm an American and I'm a fat, lazy, <laughs> uh, impatient, horny lizard brain who's who's frankly too dumb to fuck. That- and now, Warsack of the News. Here's a fun <laughs> one. Virginia teacher shot by six-year-old files $40 million lawsuit after she says school ignored warnings. They did. They knew yeah. that they, yeah. they, they, they knew the kid was sporting that a kid, the six year old kid was sporting a fucking pistol around. They knew it and did nothing about it. I hope she wins the forty million plus. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. 
this one. This is my favorite headline for the whole week. This made me laugh so hard. And then when I stopped laughing, I thought about the joy that I felt. Sort of like eating celery and peanut butter instead of seven bowls of Fruit Loops. Exonerated Central Park Five member mocks Trump with ad of his own after indictment. <laughs> so for those of you who don't remember this, and I barely yeah, remember yeah. it, but I, I know. The Central Park Five, five black men, were accused of raping, raping and a jogger. severely beating a jogger in Central Park back in 1989, yep. white I woman. think. Yeah, yeah, white woman. Donald Trump, in 1989... Yep. Took yes, out an did. ad in, uh, was it the New York it was Post? the New York maybe? Post. I think yeah. it was the Post, yeah. Um, basically, what was it? Um, basically saying, like, these guys are, are guilty. We need to fucking fry them. Like, a yes, horrible, it, yeah. oh, horrible yeah. ad. And, of course, you know, fast forward a couple decades, these the Central Park Five were exonerated. They did not do it. Nope. Uh, their lives are, you know, not ruined but maybe ruined, but certainly definitely uh, changed from changed, the goal. Yeah. yeah. Changed for change, change courses severely. Yeah. So the fact that this guy yeah. <laughs> did the same thing to Donald Trump, <laughs> it's just, it's, a, you know, if you get it, the thing about it is revenge isn't a dish best served cold. Revenge is best when you really got to wait for it. Yeah. Cause when you wait for it and then you get that opportunity, that's a beautiful thing, man. Here's what a dickhead Donald Trump was. Even, <laughs> even if you thought that these guys did it. And again, like I was too young. I was 10 years old yeah. at the time. But Trump spent $85,000 mm -hmm. of money he should have paid workers, I'm sure, to take out four pages. Or rent ads or <laughs> in, the, in the New York Times, the New York Daily uh, News, the New wow. York Post, and the New York Newsday calling it was for the all of execution. Them? Of the Center Park Five before they were even on trial. Wow, I didn't realize it was. I thought it was just one ad. It like sounds like it was like five ads. Yeah, so I know this is your Rorschach, but I'm just going to go on a, on a limb here with a really hot take. I think Donald I'm, Trump has been a piece of shit for a long time. For his whole fucking life, dude, he was a mint. He was mentored by Roy Cohn. Of course, he's been a piece of shit his whole life. I mean, Jesus Christ, I don't believe in the concept of evil, but if I did. Roy Cohn and 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 Carter Burke are right up there. Who's Carter Burke? That's the uh, character in uh, Aliens who uh, oh. traps Ripley <laughs> into the room, played by uh, okay. what's his yeah. name? Yeah, yeah. I would say, uh, <laughs> yeah, Roy Cohn, Carter Burke, and uh, Lee Atwater. Yes, yes, I'd go with yeah. You know. <laughs> All right, number three. <laughs> I mean, it's sad for his family, I'm sure, but tell me it's not funny. Groom dies from an exploding wedding gift. It was from his bride's ex. Was it a bomb? Like an actual bomb? <laughs> or was police, like a, a... Police say the accused previously worked in a mine where he became familiar with rigging oh explosives. Oh my God! The guy, the guy was. It was a wedding gift, and he blew up the groom. Did the bride get any collateral? Let me let me read uh, from the story. On April third, twenty-two-year-old newlywed Hamendra Merawi was opening gifts when his oh my god was opening gifts with his brother a few days after his wedding in the central Indian state. So this is India of uh, a, a town I can't even. 
begin to pronounce. There's a lot of con- consonants. The gifts include a music system from his ex, from his wife's ex, a 33-year-old uh, Sarju Markham. When the groom and his brother plugged it in and switched it on, it exploded. Police said Markham... <laughs> it's not funny. Police it's said Markham funny. had fitted the music system with a bomb and placed it with other gifts at the wedding venue on March 31st. The impact of the explosion was so violent that the walls and roof of the room collapsed. Holy shit. He was was working in a mine. He was killed instantly and his brother, who was rushed to the hospital, died from his injuries. Well, that's sad, but... That's the... You know, it's a different kind of revenge than uh, taking an ad out, Donald Trump, but... uh, And he definitely waited. I mean, there was some patience to it because, I mean, that's... That's some patience. Yeah. That he actually had been, he had made nice enough that he could say, I'm coming to the wedding and leaving a wedding gift. And nobody said, oh, that guy's the ex. He's a monster. That's, that's some first class Dana German kind of lying, man. You know what? Um, so I, I looked into this a little bit deeper. And apparently, this was like a weird rabbit hole that I got into. Do you recall the movie Love Actually? I do. The scene where he's at the mm-hmm. door with the signs because he's in love with his best friend's wife. It's just the worst. Just the, yeah. It's the just, worst. It's, yeah. The original script didn't have him with the signs. It had him uh, with a wedding gift that killed his best friend. And then he would, he like went in and like, you know, grieved with, with, the, with the bride, with Keira Knightley. And, Which would have made it a much better movie. And won her heart that way. So this is very like, you know, well, so your husband's gone. Well, that, uh, will you take like, me back now? It's like, did you see, uh, and a, a totally deviation, you see the uh, Chris Pratt, uh, Jennifer Lawrence passengers? No. What a, you know, you've got two very affable stars. It's, it's set in outer space. Is Chris what a Pratt fucking la- horror. Affable? I don't know if he's after. I think he's after. I, I like. I like Chris Pratt. I like Chris Pratt. Mm. But but basically, he's he wakes up early on this uh, ship. He's responsible got, for the snap, you know. Yeah, I know. But he wakes up early. <laughs> uh, accidentally wakes up early and is by himself, and he's surrounded by all of these people that are in hypersleep. That you know, basically, they're going to be in hypersleep for the next fifty years. Yeah. So he's he's really just by himself, and then. And then he sees Jennifer Lawrence in her tube. He wakes her up, but lies to her and tells her it was an accident, that it just happened. Mm-hmm. And it, and then it's a love story. It's like, that is the worst fucking premise yeah. for a love story I ever heard in my life. It's not, though. It's not. It's, it's on par with how a lot of love stories go. We, I guess it's true. Gaslight them. Lie. We lie to make oh. people love us. Yeah. And that's why marriages become so miserable because what you realize is that the person you married is not is the not person. the person you yeah. were dating or got engaged to. And the nope. person that you are is not the person they want you to be. They just were like, I'll just wait it out and then I will change them later. I will wear them down. Yep. Yeah, it's, that's all yeah. Yeah. This is why like when when Katie gets or Stacy, either one, when they get mad at me for me being who I am. I will say, 
And, you know, a lot of the times I'm wrong and, and I need to be better and do better. Okay, You fine. will say, I am a stone but I will say, Look, and the I, water has to rush past me. I will not be changed. I am resisting I, your change. I made <laughs> no secret about who I am and what I am and what I want. I was, you know... Adamantly against even living together. Yeah, I know. I was... I, I, I did not put on any fucking airs about anything when we were dating. I was like, this is who mm-hmm. the fuck I am. I'm the exact same. I yeah. no surprises here. I there yeah. you go. Anyway, all right. Uh, what is this? Your fourth one? It is. Yeah. <laughs> Twitter labels NPR's account as quote state affiliated media, <laughs> which is untrue. And I just have to pull this out because the response from Eli Muskie. Uh, is just he posted a <laughs> he posted a short message a message that said, just said seems accurate like this is so. what I've decided about Elon Musk is that he is that Andy Kaufman didn't die of cancer he did <laughs> go incognito and he had a kid and the kid was Elon Musk. And that is, and and this is, the Elon Musk is Andy Kaufman's greatest practical joke on all the rest of us. See, I, 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 that is really probable. I, I'm on board with that. I also, yeah, I wrote a story for the ape a long time ago that um, Andy Kaufman was. It'd have to be a long time ago. It'd have to be a long time ago. I know. Okay. (laughs) Uh, But that, that uh, Megan Trainer. Was Andy mm-hmm. Kaufman? That yep. <laughs> I remember fuck. that. But yeah, fucking Eli Monk is just—he's what a fuck. <sighs> I can't take anything he does seriously because he—he's. I think I think he sees the world. I think he is a behavioral scientist in his mind, and he sees the entire planet as an opportunity to to pull pranks on people and yeah. fuck with people. And somehow he's got all this money because he's. I, I don't know if he's a genius or if he's a charlatan, and it doesn't matter. At least he's more interesting to read about than Donald Trump. Ugh, they both bore the fuck out of me. I, I just want to, like, can we all collectively agree that I was right in 2009? Twitter is fucking stupid. It's the worst. It's the fucking, fucking worst. Fucking stupid. Your next headline. All of social media. Uh, well, this is a... It's actually the... Is it a read? Hang on a second. I think I got myself confused here. Uh, ah, I did. Uh, Clarence Thomas broke the law, and it isn't even close. Yep. Yep. No, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm. The thing is, I'm not remotely surprised. Um, I, I, I read this. Uh, whoever's because I guess the Daily Show has just got a rotating cast of hosts. I don't watch it right now, but yeah, I did think. Yeah. I did think I read uh, whoever was on it said uh, that if they really wanted to influence a judge, Kavanaugh could be bought off with a six pack of Miller Lite and, you know, yeah. I mean, you know so, uh, rather than yacht Still trips. like beer. Do you now? Yeah. yeah. Do you now? Well, here's, here's some bush, um, so to speak. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
My first thing is a read. Uh, this is in uh, ProPublica. Uh, Clarence Thomas and the Billionaire. Let's get into the fucking goddamn it's joke that Clarence Thomas is. As if we didn't know this guy was going to be a piece of shit back in 1989 or 1992, yep, yep. one, whatever the fuck year it was. All right. I, yes, I have read it, and it's it's actually extremely well-written and yeah. really heavily researched, but ProPublica is known for that. My three things have a theme. Let's see if you can find the theme. Okay. it's They're all three watches. The first is watch The Night Agent on Amazon Prime. It's actually super entertaining. It's about a secret service or an FBI agent who answers the phone for the, 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 the night agents, the secret service, and he ends up, they're being killed and the daughter, and he saves her with the, you know, and then all of a sudden it's this huge conspiracy and he's like a spy and she's a cyber expert. And of course they fall in love because she's super cute and he's like manly, but it's a seriously good little spy thriller. It's a good spy thriller. Okay. Um, all right, my second thing this week, uh, if I haven't mentioned it before, here it comes, Succession. Watch it. Don't be fucking stupid. I agree. My second thing, let's see if you're going to get the, uh, you're going to see the theme. You see the, 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 the through line. Okay. Rabbit Hole on Paramount Plus. It's Kiefer Sutherland as a, uh, uh, as a cyber terrorist basically like a corporate terrorist right mm -hmm. and all of a sudden his life turns around and he's accused of murder which he didn't do and his best friend jumps off a a, a building that he didn't push and he, the whole world is after him and he's super paranoid and he ends up kidnapping this really hot woman who <laughs> has nothing to do with him but they have a bonding moment and of course they they fall in love mm -hmm. and it's a great spy story mm -hmm. okay all right, my th my third thing to do is another watch. Purple Rain. Oh, great movie! Oh my god! So I got like kind of in a an eighties rabbit hole, um, and I finished watching. Uh, I think it was Pretty in Pink. Okay, yeah. And it was you know on HBO, and it was like you know other movies, and Purple Rain was like you know others like this or whatever the hell it is. And I was like I. Don't think I've ever seen Purple Rain. I'm going to watch Purple Rain. Great. So here it comes. Um, yeah. It, it, when I'm watching it, it's it's hard for me because I'm watching it with 2023 knowledge of, oh, yeah. of who Prince was and is and now that he's dead and, all, you know, and everything that we, we know. And I'm trying really hard to watch, or I was trying really hard to watch it from like 1984's perspective. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. I wrote a book about that, you know. I know. Here's the... F Not Purple Rain, rain, but yeah. Here's a, a point in the movie, and I, I surprised myself with my reaction to this, this scene in the movie, because I'm not one to be so reactive in this way, but it was... I'm going to go ahead and put this scene up there with the, the Darth Vader helmet date rape scene in Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Where it's just so fucking egregious. <laughs> That's in the disturbing. book, by the way. That's actually in the book. So. Yeah, and it's so egregious and disturbing that it it boggles my mind that nobody went, yeah, guys. Yeah, it's still 1984, but Jesus. So there's the scene where Morris Day is walking on the street, and this woman walks up to him, 
And she's like, Morris Day, you didn't call me back. It's been three days, blah, 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 blah. And she's like giving him shit for being a player, for being a gigolo and disrespecting yep. her and all this other shit. Uh-huh. Fair accusations because that's his character. And okay, that's that who happens. he is, sure. Here's how he responds to that. He says to his, his attache, Jerome, he looks at him and goes, Jerome. And Jerome walks up behind the woman, picks her up, carries her down an alley, and throws her in a dumpster. Literally, See, from a night, women from a 20, are trash. Well, uh, you know, but, but and it, they from a twenty twenty three, from a twenty twenty three perspective. <laughs> now, I understand that that is definitely a gendered thing. Oh God! But uh, I mean, instead of uh, instead of uh, censoring and removing the Democrats that were screaming and protesting from the House, I would think it would be a lot cooler if they just got three big guys. They picked him up and went and tossed him in the trash. It gets the point across. It makes them, it, it, you know, and it's not permanent. I mean, I, I get it. Like, look, I've been picked up and tossed in the trash, too, for running my mouth off oh, yeah. and annoying people. Oh, yeah. But, Absolutely. oh, my God. Like, it was just, yeah. like. It's, it's extreme, like, some of this holy stuff. Holy shit, 1984 is right. There it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. If you really want to see something problematic from the 80s, watch Batman from 1989. And most specifically, watch Robert Wool's character. He is one of the skeeviest pieces of shit. His first line when he sees Kim Basinger is, hello, legs. Yes, but I don't so, know if that's the most. No, but in that movie, it's, well, no. But, but that's I, his I will character. Say, I mean, that's like but his I will, thing. I will and, say Jack Nicholson saying, I'm of a mind to make some mookie, is maybe one of the greatest lines ever written in the history of cinema. Batman is a fantastic film. Yes, it is. We're talking about that, and I like to watch, so that's why I watched uh, it. My when? third thing. Is that, did you already record that one? Tonight. We're doing it tonight, sorry. No, postpone, I want to My third, that. yeah, my third God thing. Let's see if we got the thing. The third thing is on Hulu, and it's called The Company You Keep. And it's about a con man and his family, and he ends up having an encounter with a, a CIA <laughs> agent who's this beautiful Asian woman, and they fall in love, but then they are on the opposite sides of the law, but mm. they have a common enemy. Yeah, and they fall in love and have a lot of sex. Okay, spy stuff. You, did you see the theme with my three things? Yeah, the theme is uh, you're horny, <laughs> and I feel like a spy. <laughs> well, as long as it's, as long as you don't feel like a peeping tom to you know account no, for I'm, this horniness, I think we're good. No, no, I'm not. I haven't done anything illegal, but uh, yeah, but no, the I day is young. I was telling my mom that I looked at, I think I said this to you, it's like I, I, I looked into, uh, I just kind of dipped my toe and just was looking at some of the, the, the dating profiles, the dating things here in Wichita. And I'm not saying that every woman in Wichita is ugly, but every fucking woman on the dating profiles in Wichita look like goddamn Carl Malden with wigs. It is, I would rather Ooh. date, I would date a trans Ooh. woman before I would date some of these ugly fucking broads. Okay, that's the show. Jesus Christ. You can listen to the Literate Ape Cast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or any place you find your podcast Jones. If you enjoy listening to Two White Guys Holding Court, review or share the show on your own platforms, or throw us a few bucks on Patreon. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can find them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.
Bitte, was?